last time on D&D. My friend, it's been a long time. I can't believe that we're all here together. Yeah, I'll drink to that one. Not everyone comes to salvation. It's that place in between the kitchen sink where all the grind builds up. That's salvation. The three great worms were always at war. The prophecy they warred over was written in the bones of the earth and the flesh of our people. He starts looking over to you as you approach the board. Remember, Garunda. You'll see us back again soon. Only bring back the one that says bravery against danger. <laughs> Orange Eyes presents a Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition campaign. DM'd by Alex LaFerrier. Starring Andrew Gallagher playing Erd. Ian Selig playing Garum. And John Selig playing Graf. Eberron Chronicles Oracle of War, Season 1. Entering the fog, the temperature drops, and you hear whispering, scratchy voices inside your head, and other distant noises. You feel like you're being watched from all sides, but before you have time to rethink your decision, you emerge from the fog into a gray, blasted battlefield. You have entered the Mornland. Graf doesn't even look that bothered. You might, you might think he just hears whispers like these all the time. You aren't sure if other people heard what you heard. Well, that wasn't so bad, right? At least not so far. I don't know about you guys, but this isn't, this isn't what I'm used to. This isn't the way we left this. And what stands before you is this quiet place, but yet it's filled with chaotic energy. Off in the distance, you see storm clouds and you see what lies above you is an impenetrable fog that allows for sunlight, but you can't see the rays and you can't see the sun. Weird. I could have sworn when we walked in here, it was daytime and all of a sudden it's a little bit darker in here. You said it's just a scorched battlefield, but what, what else can we see, you know, maybe further ahead? So you easily can see the lightning rail stones go off into the distance. It'll be a long walk, but you could easily trace a a path in and out of the Mornland because the lightning rail conductor stones lie dormant. Well, let's not get too far from these. I think this is our way in and way out. We should stick to these. I agree, Graf. Garam, you're uh, good with these sorts of things. Can you help us find our way in are the are the stones like glowing and visible or are they just they are completely dormant are they big are they like diamond in shape like what um what do they look like yeah they're like pyramid stones but they're probably like 10 feet tall oh great okay so that was so they're easy to follow oh yeah they're huge yeah and they go off in the distance for miles and you don't see a depot within the next day. Well, I guess we need to get trekking here. Wait, did you say within the next day? Yeah. Like a day's walk? Yeah. I mean, what looks like a day's walk as we we don't see anything in the distance. Correct. You don't expect us to camp 
here in the Mornland, do you? Well, I mean, Bellalor said that usually these jobs to the depot takes like eight days. Mayhap I should have been listening better. Hmm. Whatever, I'm sure it's fine. And he kind of adjusts his hair, which, as you know, as his close friends, is maybe a nervous tick. But let's go forward. And we walk. Beyond the blasted landscape of the Mornland, brown wilted grass gives way to the weight of the fog. So you have a very unpleasant feeling as you walk through the Mornlands. For your eyes, this seems to be the first time you've been in a place like this. It's otherworldly. It sits uneasily in your stomachs. As you go deeper and deeper into the moorlands, you just feel like you see things off in the distance. Giant, large, lumbering creatures, maybe the size of willow trees, just lumbering around and you feel uneasy, but your travel is undisturbed. You see those things, right? I see something. Erd internally just feels uneasy, but he he looks over to to Graf and, and Garum in a moment and just kind of feels reassured that he's got his two compatriots with them who been through thick and thin and feels a bit better in this moment being around these two. Graf doesn't say much for a few minutes, but then just says quietly, stay together. We've been apart for so long, that's all we can do now. Tell me a little bit about your provisions. What do you guys have food water wise? Oh shit. <laughs> I have a normal amount of provisions that a level one character would have. <laughs> so <laughs> that means nothing because John didn't do it. <laughs> I've never once had a DM ever ask me. So what do you bring for provisions? Do you have a bedroll? No one's ever asked me that in my entire many year career as a nerd. <laughs> the Explorer's Pack. <laughs> 10 days of rations and like a mess kit and torches and um, a bedroll and tinderbox and all that kind of fun stuff. Erd has half of that loaf that was given to him that he ripped apart. It's a couple uh, bladders full of water that are leaking droplets here and there. A, a ramshackle backpack that is, you know, also tattered as well. A couple blood stains on it. Um, he has enough gear to get by, but get by is the key word. He's, he's not going to flourish in these situations. I have that loaf of bread I bought, a water skein, a burglar's pack, which I'm pretty sure has snacks, and some thieves tools, which I can use to steal from Ian. <laughs> How do you guys fare during these next two days? Two days? we Two days is fine. It's not great. We're getting by and we're collectively sharing resources, uh, maybe scavenging things here and there. But well, So not to speak for Garum, but if Garum has 10 days worth of provisions and he's willing to share. And John has five. Is that what's in a burglar's pack? See? I knew what I'm doing. So we have 15 days of provisions between us. Our provisions for the next few days, we have access to water. And for the most part, I think that we are mostly living off of, you know, stale old bread 
cracker type substance. It's nourishment, but it's not the best. Erd's dreaming of that luxury liquor that they're drinking at the old pub and that fresh loaf, which is now turning into a hardened piece of crackly, crumbly, you know, hardtack almost uh, water that's turning brown. Uh, th- we're getting by with what we have, but it's by by no means glamorous. But, you know, this crew is used to getting by on nothing. Graf grew up in the junkyard, you know, he will sometimes go days without eating if he's focused enough on something. So it's fine. That, and, and Erd, I hate to tell you, but that bread wasn't very good the day we got it. So Erd just kind of shakes his head. I thought it was I thought it was great. I've never tasted anything like this. Uh, you know, not even sawdust. <laughs> More power to you. Graf just gently shakes his head, like almost imperceptibly. Like not all of us can have taste like you. High full and taste like you. Settle down now. After the second day of travel, ahead of you, the worn lightning rail stones have been shattered by black glass shards protruding from the ground. These shards, ranging in size from a few inches to several feet tall, disturb the ground in an uneven circle roughly 100 feet in diameter. Near the middle of this area, a corpse sprawls on the ground. It may once have been human but it's now burned and smashed beyond recognition. Well, I guess we can't see any tattoos on this thing, huh? Any hints as to when or why those black glass shards spring forth from the ground? Any effects around the dead body or the charred husk that could maybe give us a hint as to who or what they were? Anything? Other than just you seeing random mutations and distortions in the Mornland off in the distance from what you could tell. This seems just like another abomination of the Mornland. Do we not see any path forward with the lightning rail stones? No, you can't. There's just a huge gap in between. So I'm assuming we all do, but I go over and investigate that body and try to get a sense of at least the, the rough size of this creature to see if it could possibly be a goblin. And while that's happening, I investigate one of the black shards. Yeah. You're going to investigate the body specifically, Garam? Yes. Make a wisdom medicine check. John, are you investigating what the shards are or just around the shards? Like intelligence investigation to investigate the shards themselves or wisdom perception to look around generally? Um, I Kind of both, but I was curious about the shard, the nature of the shards themselves first. Yep. Intelligence investigation. Erd keeps looking at while this is all happening. Roll a wisdom perception. You said medicine. Could I persuade you to survival? Yeah. Great. 15. Erd rolls a 12. Oh, shit. I rolled a 20. Natty 20? Yeah. For the crystal investigation. Garam, you know that the body was once human, and electricity caused the burns on the body. The victim was electrocuted and then pulped by an extreme bludgeoning force. You also find that the corpse has a dented metal hip flask, which contains a potion of healing. I stow that away for later. They're not going to use it. Graf, as you investigate the crystal shards, you know that this is some crazy amalgamation of magic that has taken the sand underneath the dirt and has forced it through the ground, crystallizing it. And the black essence is just filled with electricity. Erd you see some of these crystals take form and they look like some 
crazy birdish creature that has glass wings and a glass beak and just these glass claws and you can see that they start writhing about do you see that he points over to the to the shards that are forming thanks to Erd passing his perception check and managing to alert you all you aren't surprised but these glass form drakes seem to be out for blood let's roll initiative alright 16 initiative for Graf 11 Nine for Erd. So, Graf, as you're investigating the you know deep black glass, you can see some of it form into these crystal drakes that all of a sudden take form. What do you do? Well, this is not good. It's not as bad as I was expecting the Mornlands to be. So, I do what I do best. I take aim, and I snap, and unleash an Eldritch Blast, and uh, attempt to hit the creature. All right. Oh, nice. Uh, total of 20. You hit. To hit. Yep. Um, and then it is D10 damage. Oh, one damage. <laughs> so I also have a crackle of sort of orangey energy, and I snap and point at the drake, but it kind of just seems to bounce off the sort of angular crystallized surface a little bit and just does one. And the drake scowls with just a speck of glass being chipped off of it and it seems to have its sights set on you. Cool. Um, I still have a move. So how far am I from this? It's about 30 feet away. How many are there? There's two. I noticed that all I basically did was make it angry, so I back away from the drakes 20 feet. Garam, what's the relative size of these crystal birds. They're medium. Alright. So like they're us sized but they're not giant. That's good. These look scary. Um, I've never seen a you know inanimate drake before made out of electricity. So I also back up. I retreat 20 feet and pull out my bow and I Attempt to shoot the one that has already been hit. It will have cover. Why? Because there's all these crystal shards here pointing up, and it's kind of like in embedded within the crystal right now. It'll get a plus two bonus to its armor class. Ooh, bummer. Cool. All right. I try to take aim as best I can, and... Ooh. 22. You hit it. Awesome. I take aim, and I shoot, and I loose the arrow, and it is able to kind of glide past those crystal structures and it's able to kind of lodge itself in the main body crystal of it and it deals five points of damage it shrieks in a glassy sort of ping it's still flying high Erd you see Erd kind of perk up and get more energy than you've seen him have before spending these days kind of pushing through the Mornland as he reaches for his back to pull out a short bow and draw it back to take a shot at the same Drake that his two compatriots took a shot at. And he rolls a 14. Your arrow strikes the glass that the bird is hiding behind. Your arrow doesn't hit true. Erd holds back and just, he's so excited that he's actually shooting his bow that he just is completely off mark and misses and the arrow bounces away. And just barely. You see him kind of shaking as a result. Anything else you'd like to do? He'll just stand as is. Okay. 
So you can see these crystal drakes just start flying with ferocity at you as they remove themselves from the plume of glass outcropping and fly towards Graf with their teeth of glass and their beaks of glass trying to pierce into Graf. But with all their speed, they don't have enough effort. Graf. Well, they're glass. I know how to break glass. So I pick up my club and make an attack. Ooh, not good. Nine. Can't quite strike the crystal drake true enough. Yeah, I, I will I will retreat closer to Garum. If you pull back, though, you'll they could get an attack on you. I'm just going to stay for now. Okay, Garum. Uh, so I'm going to move in a position to have a little bit of cover or a, a little bit of distance between me and the birds, but I try to take another shot. Uh, 21. Garum's arrow flies true and you hit the crystal drake. Roll for damage. All right. I seem to hit the same spot that Graf had chipped a little piece of glass. So it's already a little bit weaker there. And uh, the arrow kind of lodges right in. And I do eight points of damage. Nice. Those arrows that Becca gave you seem to penetrate the crystal drake and fly through the other side as the crystal drake explodes into a giant mess of glass crystal. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, you got it. One down, one to go. Erd. So this other drake's within my striking distance. Yep. So you see Erd kind of kind of reach back, put his bow back. Uh, this shit didn't work. Pulls out his great axe. Oh. And just like swings it back. Is about to take a strike at that Drake. You're gonna get this one. Ugh. Eleven. <laughs> Your great axe cannot cleave through the black glass of the crystal Drake. You see her just kind of swing his great axe back with like that really big, intense kind of grin on his face. Arr, he swings it at the Drake and just it hits and just deflects and falls right off and hits into the ground and it's it's buried there. And you, you see Erd kind of looking frustrated at these two missed hits in front of his compatriots. Uh, not the best showing for this uh, <laughs> reunification. The Drake tries to retaliate with its glass claws and rolls a 14. Does that hit Erd? It does. Erd takes four points of piercing damage as the glass claws rip at your flesh, leaving behind little black glass splinters. These add to, to Erd's existing wounds, kind of just piling on the, the crap that he's been through. And he grimaces with the pain and kind of flexes his muscles and bring it on. He's ready for more. Graf, you're up. So Graf, seeing this and seeing that maybe his initial attack actually did help, um, he prepares another Eldritch Blast. His eyes glow. Blammo, that is a 12. <laughs> the magic washes over the black crystal glass and it is unaffected by your spell. You can see Graf just like one eye twitches slightly and that's it. Garum. My arrows have been working pretty well. I'm going to move so that I'm not about to hit Graf and I, I knock another arrow and- Come on, Garum, you got this. Shoot it out. 14. Those arrows from Becca seem to be striking true. Roll for damage. It seems to annoy the Drake a little bit. It doesn't lodge in, but it's enough that you can see it's disturbed. It does uh, three points of 
damage. I'm sorry, four. All right, Erd. Erd's axe is like buried in the ground from his last miss, and you see him raise it back up and smirks on his face as he's ready to try one more. And he brings it back behind his back and just, you know, swings it over to the drake as he takes another slice at it. Come on, Erd. 20. Hey. Not natural. An unnatural 20. <laughs> it strikes true. Nice. Erd lifts up his axe and just makes contact with the drake, square on, doing 10 damage as it pierces him. <laughs> you can see Erd just pent up rage and anger just all coming through to this one moment to the tip of his great axe as it pierces the drake. Pieces of glass fly everywhere as the drake falls apart. Yes. You see Urge just kind of flexing. And he's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. That's why we're here. Yeah, the ultimate. He's just pumped like you haven't seen him. As the last remaining pieces of glass tinkle onto the ground, you're left in that eerie silence of the Mornland. Well, I'm glad that's over. That's a bit of excitement. And uh, as Erd looks around at the quiet, a bit anticlimactic too at the same time. Hmm. I'm frustrated in that that was our first battle in six years together and I did a grand total of one damage and uh, you know Erd you you got the killing blow but it, you had your own frustrations so Garam probably be MVP for that fight I would say I'm just not good with the bow I'm better with this axe I'm just happy to be with you guys again I just I've been alone for so long it's been been such a hard just kind of Again, tri- trembles off. It's just like old times. Yeah, like old times, yeah. Sounds like you guys had a rough six years. All right, well, that charred gentleman we found was not our mark, so I think we should continue. As we start to press on following the trail of uh, the lightning rail crystals, I I say to Graph, we've been kind of dancing around what you've been up to for the past six years. Well, I mean, I meant a few words as always, huh? Let's add a couple more. As Erd looks at him. You guys know me. You know my talents, my strengths. Occasional weaknesses, you know. And so I've just been doing that for six years. Being weak? <laughs> as I expected. <laughs> hmm. Careful, Erd. I was doing as Kali instructed, making friends, starting relationships, moving merchandise. In fact, the last time I I fought a Drake, a normal Drake, it was right around that day. He just kind of trails off. That day? Graf sees up ahead about two hours away, uh, Depot. Is that what we're looking for? He just points. Seems a bit different than what we've been seeing. Uh, I guess we might as well keep going towards it. Been here long enough. It's certainly the first structure you've seen on this rail line for two days now. It's about time we found one. So we keep moving. Let's go. Up ahead, the lightning rail line runs through a group of ruined wooden buildings. A gust of wind blasts across the plain, and a roughly globe-shaped stone tumbles into the conductor stones. Halfway between you and the ball, a dog-shaped iron construct growls at you. I don't like the smell of this. A whooshing sound erupts from further up the track. 
A spectral lightning rail train approaches with arcs of ghostly lightning flickering underneath it. It moves rapidly down the line toward the oddly shaped stone ball. I'm actually more worried about the train. This is Season 1 of Eberron Chronicles, Oracle of War, DM'd by Alex LaFerrier, played by Andrew Gallagher, Ian Selig, and John Selig, and is an Orange Eyes creative work. This is one chapter of Episode 1, The Nightland, by Sean Merwin, written as a D&D Adventurer's League campaign. Influence this game and story at eberronchronicles.com. Tune in next week when our adventurers encounter... I lift my finger painfully and say, this is it. Erd looks down and he definitely sees his two compatriots in the path of the lightning rail. That's what I want to do. That's what I'm going to do. We gonna die. And it clunks, clunk, 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 and its sparks fly off and it's just this ghastly, ghoulish looking thing just out of the netherworld. And its teeth gnaw into your leg as you try to get away. I look around and I'm like, oh man, we do not have enough time for this. Subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts. Email the show directly at speakingstone at eberronchronicles.com. We really do read every email from the fans. You are our dragon shards and keep this show powered. 